Well, hello. Oh, hey there. Hi. I'm uh, Tim, and this is the BS show where we BS about things. Never take us seriously. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, with me on the couch, I have Caleb. Yay. And I have Curtis. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. How's it going? How's everybody? Mm, so good. Yep. I think uh, the guys here could tell that was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I uh, need to remember this isn't a visual medium. <clears throat> it's not? No. We have no video. So it's all audio all the time. No smells either. There, oh, yeah. We do have a candle, but... Well, not for the home audience. Not Wouldn't that audience. be amazing? For us. Wouldn't that be amazing if you just played something on a Spotify and it gave you a nice aroma? Well, wasn't that an idea a long time ago? Smell-o-vision? Smell-o-vision. Oh, I don't remember that, but I believe it. I'd love to smell like some Szechuan sauce or something like that. So, right uh, we are smelling Tahitian? Thai, thai thai vanilla? Tahiti? Tahiti? Tahitian? I don't know. It starts with a T. Tahitian vanilla. There we go. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yeah. So if you are at home listening to the podcast, you should listen. You should light yourself a vanilla candle mm-hmm. and join us. And join us. Fact. Fact. Cult. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> We're all wearing robes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, after we changed the world with our podcast last week, it's true. Uh, and. Somehow, I think we're becoming influencers. Yeah, we already let the power get to our heads. We're starting a cult afterwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would our jobs be in the cult? Well, wasn't I the cult leader? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Curtis, what do you want to do in the cult? <laughs> I'll be the driver. <laughs> <laughs> Every good cult needs a good driver. Needs a good driver. <laughs> All right. Uh, my job will be, <laughs> I think Tim's going to have the most difficult job. I'm just going to pick out the fabric for the pajamas. Perfect. Perfect. That's fine. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. So you've got the hard part. We're just making pajamas and driving. <laughs> that's fair. I'll yeah. drive you to pick up the pajamas. Well, that's very kind. Thanks. I don't know if uh, I think Michael's. Uh, no, probably not Michael's. Maybe Hobby Lobby would be the cheapest. What about Joanne's? Johans? Joanne's? I think they might be a little pricier. You know what? I don't know. I'm just going to ask Kate. Yeah, I don't do fabric shopping. What is it? Tuesday mornings isn't that a fabric place? Oh, I no, don't that's know. like a uh, like a hoarder's dream. Uh, yeah, store. I've literally never been in there. I've just oh my God. just made so many assumptions all about right. what it is. Flash of Vietnam PTSD here. <laughs> my, my mom took me there all the time because she's a hoarder mm. and just it's just garbage. Like it's not even like. Do you fantasize about just like burning boxes and boxes of her stuff? just no. to get rid of it it's like okay hey we can get rid of it it's like hmm no burn it i don't fantasize about that i just think dollar signs when they do oh, die. yeah <laughs> trying to sell it all that's yeah. a good point yeah and state sale and mm. uh man it is awful over there. <laughs> <laughs> they have so much stuff it's impossible my dad's now retired so he's building this train oh whatever mm. whatever dad my i had a aunt but still have an aunt i don't like to acknowledge her too much as a person because she's very awful but she was a hoarder sure and they have people have literally cleaned out her house two different times uh with giant uh uh, uh you know they have a construction sites those massive uh bins dumpsters dumpsters yeah, that's yeah. the right word sorry that was a little more difficult than it should have been for me but 
I am stupid. <laughs> the they they get these big dumpsters and clean out her house. Her house isn't big. It's smaller than yours by a lot. And she keeps so much stuff. They found newspapers from the 1960s. Good. And mm. it's not even like Tet Offensive takes place in Vietnam. It'll just be like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nixon, is he stupid? Or something <laughs> like that. It's like, no, it's an innocuous newspaper. We can throw this crap out. So, right. like, here's coupons for super savers from 40 years yeah, ago. Yeah, the Piggly Wiggly has got a what, two for one on milk or something. I don't hey, know. I would save that. Would you? Well, no. right now, I don't, I don't think it'd be uh, honored at this point at a local Piggly Wiggly. Somebody will honor it. Is what? Is there even a Piggly Wiggly? The last I saw one was in Ozona, Texas, which is the only town in Crockett County that is about two hours away from Odessa. My dad grew up there. Uh, not Odessa, sorry, Ozona, where he grew up. It's a very small town. Mm-hmm. Used to have only one light, a Piggly Wiggly, and a Dairy Queen. Now it has, I think, two lights. Ooh. Yeah. A Piggly Blowing Wiggly. up. A Dairy Queen and a Holiday Inn Express. So road trip to Piggly Wiggly? Uh, if you went to West Texas and you stopped at this part, you'd be like, why did anyone settle here? And then I'll respond with oil. And you'll go, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes that sense. tracks. Yeah. Well, it's like, why, did, why do we have Arizona? Like the entire state. <laughs> or Nevada. Well, Arizona, we'd. <laughs> totally stole from mexico no <laughs> uh nevada got it i don't know I, it's desert why same it, thing with utah it's like all right who wants to live here some mormons took it we're like go right live there. you guys go ahead and have fun with salt lake that's not even drinkable stupid <laughs> it's true it's true uh my parents aren't like trash hoarders that is like trinkets yeah i get you uh my dad likes lionel trains so, like, uh, entire bedroom filled with trains, mm. still in boxes. Yeah, mm. stuff like that. Like, he has every single baseball card from 1985 to, like, I don't know, 2018, 2019. As... I know that's probably awful of a sight for you as a son, as a huge baseball fan. I'd be like, I would like to compare cards, sir. Even though I probably only had, I had like a bunch of tops cards from like 91 to 93 or something like that. Yeah. That would be about it. He has every single card. That's amazing. Yes. And terrifying too, I'm sure. Yes. So I'm going to make a lot of money uh, when they pass. Mm. Yeah. My mom just kind of hoards dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, at least that's cute hoarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She has three of her own, and then she frequently watches other people's dogs. Mm. That's uh. nice. So there's at least when I was over there the other day, there were six dogs. Wow. Yeah, mm. it's a lot of dogs. It's a lot of dogs. How big is the property? Uh, it's a good size. I mean, like over an acre. Uh, I think or it's half? like half acre. Okay, half acre yeah. would be okay. Good size yard, good size house. I mean, at one point, I think there were seven of us living in that house. Okay, so. And it, we all had, I think we all generally had our own rooms-ish. St- I, I mean, now not too many, not as many people, a lot of dogs. Mm-hmm. That seems okay. Yeah. 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 They also like collecting tables and chairs. Are they going to have a wrestling match? No. Ooh, that does sound like a good use for those, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's One. why we have all those chairs, because they're all uh, parents. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Could you yeah. have a tables match with the tables, or are they just like, no, you don't want to go through those tables? I mean, they're like solid oak wood. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So no. that's why they're hoarding them. Yeah, probably made like, like the Amish or children. One of the two. So you they're can like make money good, on those. Yeah. yeah. So there's like good tables then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just mm. yeah. My mom at one point had about five china cabinets in her house. Yep. Uh, but that's because like. One was hers, one was her grandmother's, one was her mother's, one was her mother-in-law's, and she had, like, another one. I can't remember what for. Mm-hmm. She just told us kids, you can each have one. So we took one. Kate and I did. Now it's up to the rest of the family to take some. <laughs> it's like, we got ours. The rest are going to get burned if you don't take them. Yeah. Or sold. You would like their Christmas collection. Okay, so I know what, I do love Christmas, and I've seen the pictures, and that yes. is too much Christmas yes. stuff. And I love Christmas <laughs> yes. with all my heart. I've already started thinking about Christmas presents for some people. Mm. But I like to space out my decorations. So you could be like, oh, your house looks nice because I can see your house and your decorations. The decorations brings a nice little ambiance. That's all I need. Not like uh, Santa Claus vomiting everywhere? I don't even like feel Christmas like it's... Chair. I feel like it's more like a... Like a Christmas bomb? A wrapping paper a Christmas off. bomb that was created by um, a bunch of Etsy stores. Yeah. It's like an Etsy store's storage bin mm-hmm. from the pictures you've shown me. Yeah. One or two of those things, they'd be like, oh, that's cute. I'll take your, you know, Mrs. Claus baking cookie statue, whatever. <laughs> Put that in the kitchen. Oh, that's a good spot for it. Uh, some of the rest of it, maybe it's a bit much. Yeah, I'm probably going to set that on fire. There. Can I, can we look through the stuff first? Sure. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> As I'm plotting my parents' demise. <laughs> oh man, if they if they pass, the CIA is totally going to think we killed them. Oh, 100 percent. Or FBI. Yep. FBI. Yeah. They would, they yeah would, the FBI is the ones yeah. that look into it. The CIA, CIA would be like international. Um, all right, that's pretty obvious, but we don't do anything. With that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be a train wreck when they do. Uh I'm not looking forward to that. I mean, who would? But yeah. still, it's like just the stuff that my sister and I will have to go through and probably end up finding dead animals or something. Well, I mean, it could be similar to like <laughs> what has happened sometimes in our family is people live a while and they have to downgrade a house or they have to just different things force you to get rid of things over time. So maybe it'll get spaced out to where you get rid of. So no. you, uh, nope. I'm just telling you, Mm-mm. well, how, how old are they now? They're in their seventies. Okay. Yeah. In 10, 15 years, they might have to look at a nursing home, right? Uh, no. If they can't take care of themselves, they might have uh, to. No. <laughs> okay. So Tim will let them wither away. <laughs> Uh, my my dad is probably going. This is so horrible and sad to talk about. But my dad's like one tragic event happening from his heart basically exploding. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he's had heart problems for a while, and he's you know anger management negative a hundred and you know zero to a thousand in a second. So there's one thing happening mm. um, before he just freaks out and probably goes that way. Okay. My mom uh, will probably just wither away and not want to go into a nursing home at all. So who's watching the news? You know, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Right, I get it. I get it. No, like, I, uh, hey, folks, so I'm kind of dealing with some health stuff with my parents. 
You know, my mom had a stroke several years ago, Mm -hmm. so she doesn't move around as well, but she's a pretty positive person overall. My dad is having, he's dealing with dementia and it's not as early, uh, but he's not doing the best job taking care of it. So seeing that is making me just kind of go like, all right, I have to start planning future events because we'll have to take care of them in some way, shape or form because we can't do it ourselves. We're going to have to pay someone to do that or right. put them in a, put them somewhere in order to take care of them. So mm-hmm. that's why I was saying that. And I know folks, this is very depressing folks blame Caleb for this. <laughs> I came in and I just said, guys, I'm having a bad mental health week and I'm not going to try to take it out here. <laughs> so I'm sorry, folks, this is my fault. No, it's not. I started the conversation that way. Uh, because there's a part of the back of my brain that's kind of gleeful <laughs> about my parents passing mm. away. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sad. No, I, I that's actually, uh. I know people, I won't say who, I know people who they have strained relationships with family members and those family members are passing away slowly. And it's a bit of a like, okay, if they go, I'll probably feel better because... I'm sorry, to, it's tough watching them suffer, and at the same time, we didn't have the best relationship. Right. So it's understandable. It's it's a lot of emotions there, man. Yeah. Um, and it's just an strange relationship with my parents. Like, I see them maybe once a month. I don't text them, call them. We don't have a deep conversations ever. It's I, I force the conversation to be about my work because my mom used to work there. And that's the only thing I'll ever talk to them about. Because yeah. anytime I try to ask for advice or life things, it's just demoralizing and awful. Yeah, I get you. So I've just became like, hey, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel like just some people don't? It's more, I don't know. Maybe the pandemic highlighted some of this, but people don't know how to socialize. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic highlighted that even more by we all got isolated and then... Forgot how to socialize and yeah. even more. Yeah. And we abs- de- I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And we even develop like the habit of like, well, I stayed in for all the pandemic. Why go out as it's lightening up more? So, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get some really weird socialized kids in about 10 years where it's like... You were a pandemic era kid, weren't you, kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, we're already seeing that with, like, uh, the TikTok and that generation of kids just, like, having severe mental illness because they get all of their validation from social media or TikTok or how many likes and follows. And, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, And we're kind of the older, uh, our generation, the millennials, the older millennials are kind of the first generation where we had, like, the internet on like devices and phones and text messaging. So we kind of navigated. I mean, I had a cell phone when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine having a cell phone at like birth? Yeah. Mm. These kids are having like tablets, like five years old. Yeah. Yeah. We were told to go outside and play with rocks and sticks. You know, maybe. (laughs) Seriously. You know what I'm hoping? We kind of have like a regression to grunge sort of thing because like in the 80s, a lot of people saw the bullshit that was taking place, how it was fake and there really wasn't any substance to anything. So a lot of the early 90s was like, you know, to hell with that. We're going to show how pissed off we are and things are going to be a little more real and grungy. I'm hoping the next generation just kind of goes like, no, nope, we're all going to be nature freaks and we're getting outside and we're totally changing everything. But I'm seeing like at my work, so many people, for whatever reason, just don't have any situational awareness. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like, 
they'll like step outside the door, like to go outside and just stand in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. off my lawn, young kids. Like <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hey, there's stuff uh, like that. Yeah. And like they just like stand in a doorway. It's like, what are you doing? And this isn't just like one person does this. This is like ninety percent of the people that I work with. I believe it. One hundred percent. I can see that happening where someone's just like, Huh, you know, the world does revolve around me. I'll just take a shit on the floor or something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, like this new just the younger kids then damn kids mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to watch because like some of them uh go like extreme alt-right white nationalist and they're like 20 something years old and i'm like huh that's interesting and then you have like the super doomers that are like the world's ending the world's sick and i'm not gonna have kids and i'm gonna walk everywhere and everything sucks and i hate millennials and i'm like okay Okay. Mm. Polar- <laughs> Polarization is a big problem socially, for sure. And that's right. everywhere. It's all over the world right now. We see that sort of polarization. And a lot of it is due to social media mm-hmm. and free access. I think the internet was so good and so bad. We all got access to whatever information we could really look up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean people can interpret that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, figure out what's true and not. Fact. Took but, us a while. Yeah. We probably still get it wrong every once in a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, even, like, data points. One thing that's been talked about within my work is telling the, the story of the data. And in my head, I'm like, well, the issue with that is you get to pick and choose what story you want to tell with data. You can find any information you want and come to some sort of conclusion to it based on data. So whenever I hear someone say, if you look at the data, I'm like, well, what data are you looking at? Mm-hmm. What are you leaving out? And it's not manipulating data. It's just selectively reading yes. data. Yes. Yeah. And that is so frustrating to me Yes, when we can do something like that and then totally leave out, okay, well, what's the flip side? If you have your story that you want to tell, that doesn't make it right. What did you leave out to get to it? Of course, they, no one will actually say that, and that's a problem. Oh, that's a clickbait media. It has to get clicks. It has to... And, and I, I, it's also a corporate thing. Where yeah, you it's want absolutely a corporate thing. Yeah, you want... It doesn't matter where you go, every business, any anywhere you work, they're always going to be like, this is the positives, and we didn't do anything negative. Yeah, mm. yeah. Hey, here's all of the money we made based on us doing this. But it's like, well, then what did you leave out in order to be able to make that? Whose throat did you have to slit in order to make those kind of money? What acquisitions did you get? Did you have? Who did you lay off? Um, you know, what sort of ethical issues? Of course, they're going to leave that information out, yeah. which is partially smart. But that's how we have. Also, I mean, you don't want to demoralize your entire company. So, like, yeah. there are parts of it that I get. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just know that you're not telling the whole story. Yeah. I work for the federal government, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, it's sad. <laughs> this is brought to you by the FBI. Oh, that reminds me. Today at work, I uh, sent an encrypted email to an FBI agent. Hmm, yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's my job. <laughs> Yesterday, I called somebody, and they said that it was a government line and that my line was being tracked, and I was like... All right, cool. You you want to trace my line? You're gonna find that I'm at a place of business. <laughs> like, I like do you, and he kept saying, "Do you want this call to continue?" I was like, "I don't 
care. Like, are you like this person? I'm just trying to sell you paper, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm just trying to talk business, man. Like, I don't care if you think I'm trying to scam you. I think you should have just interviewed him and been like, so. Oh, that'd have been fun. What was your childhood like, man? Where'd you go to, where'd you go to school? It's a St. Louis question. Yeah. High school. Yeah. How do you like your steak cooked? You know, just random questions. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, all right, I don't want to get to know you that well. And he hangs up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our call, caller ID at work would just say like FBI or like Pentagon or U.S. House of Representatives or whatever. It's it's weird. And, uh, yeah, I work for the federal government and everything's fine. Nothing is bad. Everything is. Oh, wait, I can't sing a song on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna... everything, <laughs> uh, everything is moderately great. <laughs> I mean, uh, just the stuff that is going on at my work is fascinating. And it's a continuing uh, dumpster fire, and I'm capitalizing on it by all the overtime I'm working. Mm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We all agree this is good. 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 Um, yeah. I, I Seven days a week now, and, you know. Uh, okay. He hasn't cracked yet. I, I'm cracking. I, I know that. Uh, I don't want to ever call, tell anyone else that they are. Uh, but with that being said, Tim is fucking cracking, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been really processing this because everyone's been saying, hey, you know, make sure you don't burn out and mental health. And I'm like, honestly, honestly, I I feel fine. And that kind of bothered me because I am working 60-hour Work weeks, 10-hour Monday through Fridays, and then work Saturday a couple hours and Sunday a couple hours. And I'm like, you know, I, I feel okay. I'm tired, obviously, um, but I feel fine. And, and I started processing that. Like, why do I feel okay? Like, I should be broken. I should be cracking. What is actually going on with me? And then I realized, oh, I'm not going to church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being gaslit anymore. I'm not oh. getting abused anymore. Gosh, is, if I had known what gaslighting was oh when God. I was like a teenager, it would have probably changed my world. Like to understand, oh, manipulation, it's taking place in like this thing where I should feel safe and uplifted. Oh my gosh, if I understood that concept as a 15 year old, yeah. life would have been different for me. Yeah. Um, probably all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's been kind of a trip for me of going, oh, I feel great. And I may consider working more because I can make a metric shit ton of money. That was one thing I wanted to ask. I know you've been working like this for a bit now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of those paychecks yet? Well, I saw half of one. Okay. Because they started in the middle of the pay period because we're brilliant. Yeah, sure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So I got like uh, half of my overtime. Okay. Um, so it was it was nice. It was nice. Good. Yeah. I'll say, I'm sure that helps or will help a bit whenever you see that like first paycheck with all that overtime on there. April 1st. April 1st? Yeah. April mm. 1st. Will be a pretty fatty paycheck. Uh, and I have goals and stuff I want to do with all this money that I'm making, obviously. Um, you know, I have some debt I need to take care of first, but after that it'll be, you know, things, stuff, hookers, mm. probably, you know. They invest in, uh, I don't know, Russian in currency. Co- and cocaine. Oh, and yeah. Co- yeah. Russian yeah. cocaine. Russian mm. cocaine. <laughs> it's pretty cheap now, I'll bet. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if people are like investing in Russian currency because it's going to bounce back eventually. Uh, I mean, if they eventually, uh, I think when Putin dies and then maybe the sanctions are lifted, you know, uh, that would help. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone's going to make a ton of money, ton well, of money. Probably the oligarchs. Yeah, <laughs> they usually yeah. do. Yeah, they usually do. Yeah, I saw an interesting stat: like ninety percent of the Russian military is going to these rich people in their super yachts. Like their military budget, that's where it's going. Hmm. Yeah, fascinating. Hmm. It's wild. Uh, I look forward to. Hopefully, we're all around for it, and there's not a nuclear holocaust. But uh, the the fallout from all of this and the documentaries that come with all the information that it's like, okay, hey, we're getting some of it, but you can't get all of the information in a war zone. I think it takes like roughly 10 years to be able to lay out, here was the plan that took place. Like people didn't understand the Battle of the Bulge right off the bat. They didn't Mm -hmm. understand that, oh, okay, this was Hitler's last offensive. Everything he had was kind of thrown into this really stupid gamble. And then here was like, you know, the counteroffensive that took place. They didn't really get all of that until a lot later. And now we understand, oh, okay, yeah, this was a very significant event and it what took place. I kind of feel like what will happen with the fallout will be very interesting to be able to see because hopefully by then Putin is gone. I pray for his death a lot. Sorry, folks, but I definitely pray for his death. Um, and the fallout from that, what's going on behind the scenes with uh, the Russian government, what's going on. Uh, with Zelensky and everything that he was trying to do, uh, what's happening on the front lines. It's going to be very interesting. Like, apparently, they're developing a third defensive line already around Kiev, which is incredible that mm-hmm. they've been able to develop such great defensive strategy or d- defensive systems in a relatively short amount of time. It took close to a month in order to be able to create the defensive line that held to uh, defend Moscow. Holy cow. Like, for them to be able to now grant it it's a lot of the technology has advanced so much farther that you can dig up earth a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got a bunch of amazing Ukrainian farmers out there with all kinds of awesome equipment. Uh, so they're able to make that. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see what happens there for sure. And all the Russian tanks that end up on eBay, mm-hmm. <laughs> the defensive systems that they've been able to capture too is amazing. There was one where it was like over, uh, I mean, close to a hundred million dollar defensive system that mm-hmm. some ukrainian guy named ivan captured Uh and on the wikipedia page it shows like how much each country how many of these systems each country has like you know india has like 10 of them and then underneath india was like ivan from ukraine one (laughs) (laughs) it's like bravo bro that's what wikipedia is good for right yeah because uh the the president of ukraine said it's tax-free or something like that if you like steal their crap yeah nice for him yeah good for him yeah. I like that. Yeah, so if you need some AKs or whatever, just go to Ukraine. I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll find something. Oh, maybe we should take a trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just tourists. Don't mind us. <laughs> We're Americans. You don't want to shoot us. No. No. Bad things will happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> There's already been a few Americans that have been killed. Uh, journalists. Yeah. Well, and then also a uh, an American that was over there helping. Uh, oh. He was killed by a sniper. He was standing in a bread line. Standing in a bread line, just trying, and what he was, his apparent role was, he was helping a lot of the elderly hmm. that were stuck in this city. I think it, uh, I don't think it was Mariupol. I want to say Kharkiv, but he was stuck there and uh, he was just literally in a bread line in order to get food over to some elderly people, shot and killed. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's a target that's worth firing at. Yeah. So, stupid Russians. 
very stupid. Yeah. It is hilarious watching them like completely fall on their faces. So. It is. And then also there uh, some leaked phone conversations are coming yep. out too. Yeah. Um, I've listened to one. Yeah, it was. I, I listened to one and it, it pissed me off. I felt bad for a lot of Russian soldiers. I still do in some ways. This one guy was just bragging about shooting kids. And uh, his girlfriend was laughing about it, calling him a marauder. It's like, oh, cool. That's great. Nice to know. And he, he was like, oh, no, we've had a lot of killed. Don't, she's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, a lot of my unit's dead, but I'll fight for my commander any days. He's funny. He laughs when we kill kids. Huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. Cool. Look forward to you rotting in hell. So, wow. Yeah. It's so crazy what's happening over there. Awful. And I'll be honest, I think that's attributing a lot to my mental health being in such a poor state. I, I'm oh, fixated I'm on sure, it. absolutely. Because I've been ignoring all of it. Really? Like the best I can. I know that stuff is going on over there, not keeping up with the whole story. And I've been all right. Good. So I might suggest doing that a little bit more i need to dial back on it i've got three subreddits that i follow that are pretty much just all talking about the war in ukraine uh i think a lot of it though is i've made friends that were ukrainian and russian in my time in chicago some of the kindest people i've met some Mm -hmm. of the most fun generous loving people i've met have been people from the eastern Bloc, and so i i guess i feel like this a bit of a betrayal in a way. And I know my Russian friends are upset too. what's happening. They don't like Putin. They don't like what's happening, but my Ukrainian friends are just heartbroken. Sure. Uh, you know, I, one of them is a, uh, one of my former personal trainer. He went back to fight and I'm just like, I think about him all the time. He's a really good guy, former Olympic boxer. And he was a little older. He's probably in his fifties right now. Um, but the shape that guy's in was incredible. He's like, you're young. Come on, man. You do sit-ups with 25 pounds on your chest. You do this. Do this over and over again. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not a boxer, man. I sit on a freaking computer. Just get me in decent shape. Don't kill me. But like those people, I just know the warmth that's inside of them. I was invited to, um, it was it was almost like a, a Russian coming-of-age uh, um, uh, birthday party. And I just talked with a bunch of these Russian dudes and they were so funny and they were really kind. They got super drunk. I could not keep up with it. I totally recognize my (laughs) limits and they don't, which is amazing. Um, And I just feel this heartbreak because I know how good so many of those people are, what they came from, what they're trying to build in the Ukraine. Um, Another thing, interaction I've had with Ukrainians is uh, my time working at one company. I was basically a project manager and some of the IT people worked in Ukraine and they would talk about how terrified they were when Crimea was taken now living in Kiev I'm sure a lot of them are now fighting and I'm like these guys weren't fighters but they're gonna stick around and do what they can it's just terrifying yeah I check on it maybe like once or twice a day I get on the world news subreddit and just kind of peruse and that's about it because Mm -hmm. I know I'll get obsessed with it and it's it's honestly not healthy. Yeah. And anything, there's been just so many um, <clears throat> posts and pieces on on the news about kids suffering. I don't do well watching kids suffer, and, and my wife knows that. And so we were watching uh, this man talk about losing his entire family, uh, uh, and he just he saw a picture, and he knew that that was his kids, and he found out his wife was killed too. And... 
I just started sobbing while watching. I know the news host did too, but I, I couldn't keep it together because I hate seeing kids suffer and animals too. I mean, you can't post those things without me just feeling rage and, and I'm tearing up now talking about it because that's the worst part of war. Seeing mm. soldiers die, it's like, yeah, that's terrible. But then seeing innocent kids and animals that don't know what's going on, you kill them, what the fuck's the matter with you? Seeing a building targeted when literally on the outside they're putting children to let them know, please don't bomb this. There's children here. And the Russians do it anyways. I can't deal with that and not feel something. So um, that's been so hard to watch, knowing that little kids who are three or four. I remember seeing this little boy. He's walking to the freaking border by himself. I hope there was someone around, but he's crying and just flailing his arms, just trying to get wherever he's going, holding like a backpack and a stuffed animal. And I'm like that poor four year old kid, what I would do to be able to pick that kid up and carry him to the border, give him, give him a place to live in my own house. I don't care. It's just, it's, it's tough. And I'm doing really bad folks. So I'm very sorry. I'm bringing this energy right now. It's all good. We need to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> there's just, it's just so hard to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing pleasant about any of this whatsoever. No. Um, Cause I often keep thinking about the Russian people, even they didn't sign up for this and yeah, they're, right. they're not going to have lives after this. Like Putin has destroyed Russia with all the sanctions that have gone down <laughs> It's going to take a while for it to affect the entire country with a with a strong hand. Like it's it, it taking away McDonald's from them. They're, I'm sorry, that's not going to affect them too quick. They're running out of food. They'll be able to recover once it actually starts becoming harvest season. Like right now it's February or sorry, March. You haven't had a harvest yet. So they're going to be able to replenish some of that and if China helps them out too, they're going to be able to get some aid from China as well. Um, I think economically, yeah, they're they're starting to take some hits, but they're not going to go into a stage of being North Korea until several years down the road. It takes a while for it to trickle down, and I hate to use the term trickle down because it makes us think of something else. I'm not talking about that. What I'm trying to say is in order to decapitate an economy, it's not quick. Mm -hmm. You might see the effects slightly, but a lot of Russians, I found this one YouTube video, which of course is going to be doctored in some way. But if some are saying, oh, we haven't seen anything yet, and some are saying we are, I'm going to assume in the middle, they are probably saying, oh, I can't get my normal cosmetics. I think the best way to describe it is the butterfly effect. Sure. Where like it's all just small stuff that it's just going to grow over time. Yeah. And that's what's really going to take it. Like and, take a real hit on their economy. And who are they going to blame? I don't think they'll blame their government entirely if the government keeps control of the propaganda arm. They'll blame the United States mm -hmm. and say, oh, look what they did to us. Look what they did. And they're not going to get all that information. And it could make them more bitter at us down the road. I'm not saying we should change anything. I'm just saying this could be the effects of, of everything that's, gonna, that's taking place right now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, hopefully it ends soon. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it ends soon. It, Ukraine doesn't have to give up anything because Putin's like, well, we'll stop if you demilitarize. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to drop all their arms. Sure. You've invaded twice, you dumbass. 
Well, and then all the surrounding countries like Finland, Sweden, even Sweden has been talking to NATO. Yep. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting on that Eastern Bloc of uh, Europe and seeing what happens. I'm more interested to see if Finland joins because Finland hasn't put up with Russia shit for a long time and they've done okay. Not mm-hmm. perfect all the time. They've they've had some wounds from it in their history. But the Fens are known to be very blunt. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, you know what? We're going to join and we don't care what Russia thinks, that will be the most interesting one for me personally. Turkey as well. Uh, there's talks. Um, so it, it's it's interesting. And uh, I know Putin has talked about Moldova. 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 And how bringing back the USSR, and that's a NATO country, so good luck, bud. Uh, I don't, is Moldova part? I don't remember that. I, I, I do believe it is. Um, I know 100% Romania is because yeah, Romania set, is. Yeah. they're setting military up in Poland and uh, Romania. I can believe, uh, let's see, is Moldova in NATO? There it is. The Republic of Poland does not allow. The deployment of armed forces of other states. Uh, the country has no plans to join either NATO or CSTO. So, no, they're not quite in it. Okay. Which is interesting because they're like part Romanian. Like they speak Romanian. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting. They, uh, they, for the longest time, of course, did identify a lot with Russia. They've kind of broken away and done their own thing. Uh, Eastern European politics is fascinating to me. And it always has because it's authoritarian in every way, shape, and form. They have stuck to an authoritarian sort of we trust everything from the top down. And then occasionally you have some people who are outliers. Ukraine is one of those first Eastern Bloc countries to reject so much of what they were they were raised with in Soviet. Uh, well, I mean, Poland as well. I have to give Poland their just due. They rejected communism earlier and, and really stuck by it. But the Ukraine for them to be almost like the, I hate to use this term, but it's the closest I can think the Canada uh, to the United States being Russia. They are, they were tied at the hips so much culturally for them to be rejecting it and wanting to join NATO, wanting to join the European Union and, and align with us is huge, mm-hmm. massive. It would be as if Canada was like, hey, yo, we're going to really, we're going to be friends with, with Russia, you know, this Arctic alliance, you know. <laughs> the Arctic alliance. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm going to trademark that. That has some bomb villain vibes I, to it. I got to trademark that. That's oh, a good one. Arctic alliance. Oh, yeah, man. The penguins. They take Alaska. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Greenland? Iceland? Greenland, Greenland is green. and No, no. no. Uh, Greenland, Greenland is ice is... and Iceland is, is green. Thank you, Bunny Ducks. Iceland too. is nice. Ah, that's just yes, That's yes, what yes. it is. That's what Iceland is the island yes like the tiny island and yes, greenland yes. is like that wasteland of tundra pretty yeah. much it is uh it's it's north of the wall yeah 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 yeah. the wildlings mm-hmm. filled with mm. game of thrones yeah yeah I, I don't know if you watch it i i mean i did you did yeah well you know nothing john so okay <laughs> <sighs> my name's not john yeah <laughs> i know we gotta get tim checked out he doesn't Dude, i'm damn. fine <laughs> god damn it i'm fine <laughs> You guys live together and he forgot your name. I'm worried about it. <laughs> Where am I? What day is it? See? He's forgetting these things. Mm-hmm. I do know that today ends with Y and I work tomorrow. Perfect. Oh, I know. That's all that matters. Well, that matters. isn't that every day for both of them? Yes. Okay. See, I'm good. I'm See? fine. He's, he's all together. <laughs> he's literally shaking and holding a knife right now, folks. 
It's not a visual medium, so I can say anything. Uh, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> Everything's sort of okay. <laughs> Everything is good when you do a podcast. <laughs> uh, what is this show? The BS show. God, you forgot that too. Oh, oh yeah. <sighs> oh yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, so any updates for anybody? Jeez. <laughs> Just the state of the world. Yeah. yeah everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually excited tonight. The missus and I are going out to dinner. I need it. I need to get out of the house. Um, I've decided tomorrow. Uh, Curtis, I, I hope you don't mind me asking you this. Have you ever microdosed? Yeah. How do you feel while microdosing? That's wonderful. We'll talk, okay, good. We'll talk more later. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I think I'm going to microdose tomorrow and write. That's okay. that's the goal for my Sunday is I don't have a lot to do, so I'll probably go for a run, microdose, and start the writing project that I really wanted to, to start on. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, hopefully it's productive. I hope so, too. Thanks. I will be working until 10, and uh, stuff will happen after that, I'm sure. See, he does know what day it is. He knows when he gets off work tomorrow. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> After that, it just becomes a blur. Oh, God, what is life? Anything going on with you, Curtis? Mm, nothing exciting. Mm. Parents, mother, having dogs. <laughs> Statements. Yep. Statements, comments. Car being car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't tell you about this, Caleb. I thought about you when this happened, though. When my car went into limp mode, which is... <laughs> he thinks if you want... It's kind of me! What the... F- <laughs> no, because we had this conversation a few weeks I ago feel... where you're like... You're very limp. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no. Just okay. put words in my mouth now. <laughs> it's a hate crime. <laughs> no, I thought of you because I know that if it had been you driving the car, you'd have just gotten out, set it on fire, and walked away. Yep. <sighs> Definitely would. But it's fine. Good. It freaked out. For no reason. And then I changed the air filter and it's fine. The air filter? Yeah, that's where I'm I'm confused myself. Like that's the only I know nothing about cars and I, I know did. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It wasn't a great air filter that was in there, but I wouldn't think that would shut it down. Freak the car out the way it did. Well, it, the ECU could be overcompensating for What's air the ECU you- stand for? Uh, that's the computer in the car, essentially. Oh. I don't remember what the acronym stands for. Electronic car unit. Electronic computing unit. Computing. Yeah, sure. Thank yep. you. Um, it's the brains of the car, mm. and so it could have just overcompensated and said, "Oh, uh, panic, panic!" <laughs> While you're trying to merge into traffic on the highway. Because I was perfect I was, time. I was kind of <laughs> curious about it. Why a Crown Vic would go into limp mode, and a lot of it was air and fuel. So yep, it could have been like, "Hey, you're getting air." Here's more fuel, and the car goes, ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then goes in the limp mode. That was my th- theory. Because well, a lot of that up with. Uh, is like the math sensor or a throttle body or stuff to do with air fuel mm-hmm. will cause it to do that. Mm-hmm. So your like air filter could have been just like off a little bit, and you reseating it. Yeah, I mean it, it was. <laughs> well, no, it was dirty. But I mean, of all those things that you just mentioned, it was literally ten dollars to replace the air filter, and I was like, "This is the best place to start." Let's see if this yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, let's see if this fixes it somehow. Really cross my fingers. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Good ten dollars spent. Yeah, so far. Yeah, 
hey, that works. Better than lighting it on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes you should just not jump to lighting it on fire. <laughs> I don't know. I found out my grandpa did that when, like, in the 1930s or whatever. <laughs> he bought a car and then realized he didn't have the money for the payments and then tried to return it. And then the guy's like, I... I already sp- I spent your money. I can't give you your money back. So mm. they decided to burn it <laughs> in order to get the, the insurance. insurance money. This was 1933. He has long passed. So you say you know. that, and there probably wasn't a real in-depth investigation as it, far as insurance went back then. In West Texas, I think not. Yeah, <laughs> they've just been like, oh, well, well, it looks like it was on fire. <laughs> All right. Well, makes sense. Moving on. Right. Uh, so I guess that's where I get that from. It's from my papa. <laughs> Rest <laughs> in peace, papa. Uh, I've always wanted to set a car on fire. It would be fun. It would be. Mm. Like put a whole bunch of gas gas cans in it and mm-hmm. just let it go. Yeah. We might have to do that at some point. Yeah. It's not an environmental hazard at <laughs> all, but yeah. we should do it. I'm sure like the police wouldn't come by and be like, hey, you got a permit? We'll no. just go, yes. We'll go. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> bye bye, sir. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yes. It'll be fine. We'll just go down to West Texas and do it. That'll be fine down there, Very right? Very true. Very true. They don't there's no one alive out there. <laughs> I remember like the last time I flew down there, it was for my uh papa's funeral. Uh I flew down there, got there late at night, and then just drove about two hours with my sister and it felt like another planet. Just there's nothing out there, pitch dark except the roads, and occasionally you'll see like a little bit of fire out in the distance. You're like, oh, I guess they're burning off some oil or something. You know, <laughs> that was it. That was all I saw for about two hours. So, uh, kind of creeped me out. Well, okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna go shoot myself. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jesus Christ. Whoa. <laughs> that went dark. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just vaguely remember driving through like New Mexico and Arizona, and it was this flat desert. Yeah. And that was it. You'd go over a hill and you're like, oh, more flat desert. And then a butte in the distance or something. Right. Illinois is kind of like that, too. Very much so. Yeah, without the buttes. Or the desert. Yep. So it's exactly like yeah. New Mexico. Just a cornfield. And then you go over a hill and you're like, a wheat field. Well, that's different. Hey, there, sure it is. There's mm. a cow. Mm. Moo. And it flips you off. And it just, <laughs> you know. Welcome to Illinois. Yeah, that's that's the Illinois welcome. A cow flipping you off. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I think we all are mm-hmm. after yeah, that. Yeah. I cried. Curtis, he cried. I totally saw it. Yeah, he cried. We're good. I'm just here. Yeah. I'm just here. That's <laughs> fine. I, I honestly, like, life is <laughs> really good for me. Uh, making all this money and minding my own business. So I, I really can't complain. Good. Yeah. I need to mind my own business. That'd be better. Yeah. Well, well, it happens. Yeah. I'm I'm incredibly busy at work doing all these stupid projects because everything's a dumpster fire, and I just gleefully laugh and make all the money. Yeah. I I have a really rough 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 wife. I'm fine. (laughs) Got a rough wife. Kate Elmer Fudd. Ah, uh, goodness. I don't even know what to talk about anymore. Do we want to talk about the topic? Do we? Are we feeling it? Let's do it. Do it? We're do here. It. Do uh, it to uh, it. All right. Uh, so this is kind of a backstory because I'm a, a, an incredibly strange child growing up. Uh, I'm a night owl. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that because I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. 
uh, <clears throat> but like I'm one of those weird people that like on a Friday night, I had just woken up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work, work all day, and then I like Friday night, because I don't normally have to wake up Saturday, I can stay up until like 3 a.m. and be completely fine. Yeah. I'm just weird like that, and I've always been like that as a kid. And this is leading into this. So as a kid, uh, I would just stay up late at night uh, watching TV, because what else are you going to do mm-hmm. as a kid when you don't have good parents? You watch TV. In the age that we lived in, where we didn't have technology. Yeah. Yeah. Our entertainment was sticks and rocks and TV. Yes. So I I would watch Nickelodeon as a kid would do. Well, at a certain time at night, it became uh, Nick at Night. So they wa- they showed all these old TV shows, like from the 50s and 40s and 60s. Uh, so like the Dick Van Dyke Show or I Love Lucy <laughs> Or Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Andy Griffith show? Not that one. Really? Yeah. yeah that one's, that one's on during the day. Oh, um, was it? Like, yeah, um, during the day. Not on Nickelodeon, on different channels. Uh, I just remember that one occasionally and just being like, well, that looks nice for your intro. I'm going to change it immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of my early comedy influences were these old, old TV shows. So, like, that, that first couple episodes of uh, WandaVision really kind of hit me in a way because it was like, I, I as a kid, I was doing what Wanda was doing, watching these old shows. Um, and one of the, the, the comedy legends, legends, was Lucille Ball. And I love Lucy. And I watched a documentary. It was on Amazon. I recommend it. And it talks about her story and kind of Desi Arnaz's story. And it's just fascinating what they went through and how she became like this superstar um, and being female and being the lead in this, what was it, 1940s, 50s? Was 50s. I think yeah. 50s. <laughs> um, and she like broke the mold for a lot of things. Like she was the first pregnant person on TV and that was like a huge scandalous thing. Like they couldn't even say the word pregnant. Yeah. yeah, they had to sleep in separate beds. Uh-huh. That was another thing. That I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and just her breaking the mold and being a comedy genius and being like one of the most popular uh, TV shows of like all time. She understood the visual part of comedy that's necessary. If you watch her stuffing chocolates in her mouth on the uh, line that they're on. What everybody has to think of when you hear "I love Lucy," that or vitamin vegemin, mm-hmm. I think is brilliant. Just her getting so wasted on whatever <laughs> she's on, and then just the faces that she's pulling along the entire way, stone sober, of course, and just doing all of this. Mm-hmm. That was trans. That transformed what comedy was because mm-hmm. for the longest time it was some nightclub with a person telling, you know, my wife did this the other day and going on with their spiel that had a formula mm-hmm. she created a new formula mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's kind of amazing to think about because with movies and television being tied at the hip can't really i don't know how you would break the mold again like she did mm-hmm. at that point with comedy so yeah she was totally different with, mm-hmm. with how she created everything there and, and again being a female and doing this in that time period mm-hmm. yep is just incredible and remarkable. I, I don't think she gets, well, maybe she does, and I don't realize it gets enough credit for being that way. Any, like, female comic 
um, would probably have inspiration from Lucy. I think she gets a fair amount of credit, probably deserves more, but film and, and television don't always want to look back no. with what they do. Yeah, they they want to look forward, and, and if they do look back, it's, well, what can we lift from this in a remake or mm-hmm. something like that? So right. I, I totally what agree. Can re- what can we reboot mm-hmm. and reboot. make money off of? Agreed. Yeah, I think there's a movie. Uh, With Nicole Kidman? Yes. Yeah, I heard it's pretty good. It's supposed to be like, uh, you know, a autobiographical in some way. Right, so. I haven't watched that. I watched the documentary on Amazon that was directed by Amy Poehler. Oh, I love Amy Poehler, so that's yeah. cool. I would have yeah. to check that out. Um, and apparently there's a lot of audio recordings of Lucille, like 40 tapes or something like that, where she's oh. kind of like interviewing herself. Um I I don't think she's as relevant today because she passed away in like what was eighty nine I think it was the late eighties I think yeah something like that um so you know that's thirty something years mm-hmm. yeah thanks for the reminder I know I know son of a bitch we're getting up there we're old yeah I told one of my friends recently who. I was in this group text for, I played fantasy baseball last year. I'll never do that again because that's just too much on my mind. And It's a uh, lot. Fantasy yeah. baseball's a lot. It's so stupid. Uh, but I did great. But then he's like, hey, do you want to, he messaged me and all the other people, hey, do you all want to do this? And I'm like, no. But then they all <laughs> kept messaging in that same text. And I asked him, I said, hey, can you start a new group text? He's like, well, you can just mute us. And I'm like, all right, you're the young guy. Tell me how to do this. I've accepted my old age. <laughs> I don't know how to do things with technology. So that was a fun moment this week with technology. This week with technology. Uh, yeah, I have all my group chats muted. Good for you. Yeah, because it's annoying. Well, mm-hmm. now that I know how to do it, I will do it more. It's super annoying. As soon yeah. as anyone adds me to a group chat, mute. Yep. <laughs> Wait, what about our groomsman one? You've seen well, I've muted that. Oh, really? I check it every so often. <laughs> That's why I'm like silent for a long time, and then I'm like, oh, I it's, should say something. It's just whenever you post something, it's like, oh, okay, now he's hopping in. Yep. Good to know. <laughs> I'm going to tell the rest of the guys. <laughs> I mean, that group chat's gone kind of quiet unless something you know happens. It's wrestling-centric, pretty much. That's yeah. it. So. <laughs> pretty much. I guess the next, like Cody Rhodes, that will be a topic we'll probably talk about. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't watch WWE. Yeah, well, apparently he's signed. Thumbs up. Don't care. Nope. He's just an idiot. So Lucille Ball. There we go. Yep. She was nominated for 13 primetime Emmys, winning five times. Nice. Yep. Uh, she has a Golden Globe, of course. The Golden Globe, of course. Uh, the Cecil B. DeMille Award and two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Hmm. Cool. I don't know why, but she does. Hmm. Maybe one was for television, and then she did have like a movie career afterwards. Maybe it's for like a the movie career afterwards. Mm. I don't know. She deserves to. I I think with the imprint that she left uh, on comedy and television, give her two. She deserves it. She actually had a movie career before. Oh, I love it was before as well. Yep. Nice. I know she did movies after. That's what I know. Right. So. Uh, she began in 1929. Wow. Oh, wow. As a model. Okay. Yeah, like as a showgirl. Yeah. Um, and kind of floundered a little bit, and then she did a whole bunch of, like, those uh, 1930 B-films. Like, she was in several of those, like, just kind of bit parts. Um, And the documentary talks about how uh, she got so notarized that companies, these B-films, were starting to look for a Lucille Ball type. 
And that's when she knew that she was on the something. If they're looking for this type, mm-hmm. there's something. Um, and then, of course, on uh, a movie, I can't remember what the name of the movie was, uh, Desi Arnaz shows up in this movie and they end up falling in love and eloping like six months later. And that's how that gets started. Oh. Yeah, Desi Arnaz has a fascinating backstory with Cuba. Yeah, I could believe that. Uh, he is a part of like the Bacardi fame. Yeah, he's tied to that. And then uh, good stuff. That's some good stuff, folks. So when the communist revolution happened, his family was actually targeted by the communists, and so his family was like, "Get out, go, leave, go to America," and that's how he kind of gets into America and gets in the show business mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, so yeah, his whole fascinated story and backstory with Bacardi and being like rich and then having nothing and then finding fame again, it's kind of, uh, interesting. Wasn't he abusive though to, uh, Lucy? Uh, the documentary didn't get into that. Mm. Um, they talk a little bit about their divorce, um, kind of their family struggles so i can't really comment on i hope not i hope i'm wrong but i thought i had heard that along the way if i'm wrong i'm very happy to be wrong on that but yeah i think he had trouble with alcoholism yeah i remember uh so at some point i had like the first three or four seasons of snl and he hosted one of those early snls wow he looked terrible like just awful and i was remember seeing that being kind of like wow my childhood feels very different because like you actually i watched a fair amount of i love lucy probably at the age of like five or six Mm -hmm. uh because my dad it's like oh this is good television you can watch (laughs) that or star trek that's it or sports center or the Weather Channel. That's it. Um, <laughs> but um, how long is this list going to go on? That was it. That was it right there. Um, no History Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the History Channel was around at that point. No. If it was, we weren't allowed to watch it for mm. some reason because it might have had Space Age hookers or whatever mm-hmm. on there. History Channel was like good information for a while. Yes, and then it turned into aliens. Yes, and so I don't watch it. It was all about Nazis for a long time. It was yeah, all about yeah, yeah. Nazis and wars. Yeah, and then it became about uh, aliens. aliens, which is weird. But um, Fubar, I can't remember where I was going with that. Anyways, Lucy is awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, and her career kind of takes off. Like at one point, they're running the biggest TV production company. Um, so like Mission Impossible is a Desi Arnaz or Desi Lou Desi Lou production uh, the I Love Lucy show there's another big one I forget the name of it uh old TV show that they produced and did you think Get Smart I don't think it was Get no? Smart okay, never mind uh I ju- don't remember uh but yeah they ended up like so you had like Paramount and then like Desi Lou productions and they're right there that's how big they were and they did a lot of stuff um like a lot of breakthroughs in television they did uh it was one of the first like live broadcasting stuff sitcoms like studio audience stuff yeah Mm -hmm. and a lot of the technology that came through them uh they did i love lucy the lucy show the untouchables mission impossible and star trek oh i remember star trek yeah does he because i've heard of star trek before yeah (laughs) (laughs) she i think she was fascinated by uh uh, Gene's vision for it and was like yeah we'll we'll put this into production she actually was very involved with some early Star Trek work yep so that's actually awesome to thank you for that reminder yep I had to look it up <laughs> uh, and uh, of course when Lucy 
And so Desi Arnaz started the company, was the president, and then when they got divorced, she kind of took over. But he was always a producer on all their shows. So, like, you had the I Love Lucy, uh, which didn't run for very long, surprisingly. It only went from 51 to 57. But we're talking old TV show. Mm -hmm. Guess how many episodes? Just take a random guess. Uh, 120. Okay. I was going to say something like 200. You're closer. 180 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Spanning six seasons. So like a season was almost 40 episodes. Wow. Different so, time, but yeah. Different time. I mean, you're talking pretty much like once a week. Yeah. I would imagine that's how they did it. I mean, that's how a lot of like nightly talk show hosts are now. And so, I mean, that probably is how a lot of that spawned up, but it was the original oh this yeah, is... so they were learning so much too about what television the limits of it yeah and that was a pretty i mean it was a small cast you had uh you they know, didn't exactly have music. like seasons yeah they probably didn't understand the concept of yeah. it at that point and then slowly but surely i'm sure also um actors unions probably gotten in writers unions got involved and said hey this is too much work for a sure. crew i could see that to yeah. be doing they probably had to step in and say all right you guys are awesome but we're taking a step back because that's just too much work for everyone to do still amazing endurance to be able to get through a season like that that's incredible right uh, uh the cast was like four people yeah yeah until little ricky mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds right it was right i think i did it with the right pitch i think so yeah Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, Lucy, <laughs> Ethel. Fred. 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 That was his name. Yeah. And there's some supporting cast that would show up, recurring cast that would show up. Like every once, once in a while. But yeah. Yeah. It, just 180 episodes um, in the rerun, of course. The I think they were the first one to go like sitcom, like that style. Well, there was the Honeymooners, which I think was before as well. Uh, pretty sure Honeymooners ran before. And I think if I recall correctly, part of the reason why everyone was looking at Lucy so differently was the Honeymooners that's, and yeah, the Honeymooners and then early serial films. Because like the, uh, um, the Three Stooges, they were a serial mm. of films that would come out so many times they only thought of men in the comedic roles. And so what was such a big deal was, yes, a woman doing this. And in television, where it had definitely not been seen as a woman getting laughs. Right. So, um, I think The Honeymooners was first, if I'm not mistaken. You'd probably know more than I would. Uh, maybe, but I could be totally wrong. I love it when I'm wrong and learn something new. It just came on before I Love Lucy, and so that's where you got that correlation. Literally, it just came on an hour before, and that was it. <laughs> uh, also to note, there was only like five stations. So, yeah, they needed content. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> that Fact. was because back in the day they used to play the national anthem and then broadcast off. What yep. is it with our country and the national anthem? I don't understand. Like we we play it before like sports uh, events and the rest of the world is like, why? It's not your country playing right now. I don't understand why we have to play it before a hockey. I guess. Yeah, it, it, was like the, sense. it was stuff in the 40s and 50s. I could get into detail on it, but I won't. Propaganda. That might be a good one for us to talk about. In the Worship America. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like the Pledge of Allegiance, that started in the 40s and 50s. So mm -hmm. the Honeymooners came on in 55, uh, Lu uh, I Love Lucy, 57. So it was only a couple of years. 51 was the first 
Oh, I'm sorry, 51. Holy crap. 51. Final. To f- oh, Caleb, learn to read. Yeah, 51 to 57 is <laughs> Oh, man, Honeymooners was. is on second. I am wrong. I'm wrong. I told you. It was just because it came on before it. Yeah. <laughs> you just had that correlation in your head. Correlation, yep. Uh, you, so, like, it, it's... Uh, but, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's kind of astonishing to be like, their ratings were like 20 million people watching the show, but because there's five five stations is the only thing on tv uh-huh. i think also the culture of of the world at that point was gather around and watch something because right before that it was gather around and listen to the radio mm-hmm. so the culture of the country at that point and probably before that it was gather around and let sally read a book you know but um yeah so it, it makes sense for it to be that many watching one thing Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it wouldn't be higher, actually. Oh, it probably was. I'm making mm-hmm. up the 20 million. I know, like, towards the end of Carson's career, uh, it was like 20 million people watching that show. Mm. Yeah. And that was, like, in the, what, early 90s, late 80s? What do you think Cable would have Johnny Carson? Like? Yeah. I feel like he, like, retired in the 80s. I think it was, like, 91, I thought, yep. was when he retired. Mm. Maybe 90, maybe something like that. Well, because they did that weird thing where Jay Leno hosted a couple of the shows and Carson was still there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Leno? It was Leno. Yeah, Yeah. Carson went to Leno. I thought it was going to be Letterman. They did a screw job and got Leno in there. Yeah. I love uh, watching Conan Mm O'Brien and that debacle with Leno and then them Letterman and conan talking about it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> hilarious well, I, I personally enjoyed jimmy kimmel being on leno's show saying oh the best prank i ever pulled on someone was because uh, leno asked him what's the best prank he's like oh it was when i told someone i'd give him their job and then uh totally took it back from him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah calling him out hard oh yeah yeah everyone uh, anyone that defends leno and that i'm always like why why my, my, yeah, they when Conan showed up right after this happened on Letterman, uh, they just sat in silence for like a minute, and it was hilarious. It was <laughs> like, yep. And that's because Letterman respected Conan so much because he kind of took the mantle of bizarre humor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. short monologue, get into the bizarre humor stuff, interview people with your own style, as opposed to Leno, which was here's my stand-up act and I'm doing it five nights a week Yep. Uh, with all of these writers. And then the occasional bit that sometimes was okay. Most of the time it wasn't uh, followed by very boring interviews in my yes. estimation. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, that uh, year long, I think it was a, a I don't want to say a movie, but it was some documentary Conan never, what it was, it? Conan never sleeps. Yeah, something like that. I remember seeing that in Chicago, and it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I left with like my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, I feel so bad and so sad right now. Why? <laughs> because uh, you just see a guy who is, have you seen it? Yeah. I felt like when I watched it that the poor guy was going through a crisis and just trying to get it out any way that he could, mm-hmm. but he was hurting so bad. And I think that's why I felt awful was because I love Conan. I'm a huge Conan fan. Me too, me too. And to see him suffering emotionally like he was, and the only way he kind of felt like ther- therapy at all was by performing. I feel bad for people who feel that way, mm. as opposed to like, yeah, I got with my family and or I got with some friends and I was able to talk about it and kind of work through it. Conan doesn't 
work that way. He needs to perform and get people to laugh. Mm -hmm. And that's the tragedy of comedy. I think even Lucio Ball talked about like when the laughs are gone, it's a really shitty feeling. You don't feel, and I'm speaking a little bit from like experience, just a little bit. When the laughs are gone, there is a void. Mm -hmm. You got to fill it with something. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a really tough play, tough way to live because if you fill it with something else, then that's going to go away. And then what are you left with? Yep. They can't sometimes just be. Mm-hmm. And seeing Conan be not being able to just be, mm-hmm. it's tough to watch for me personally. Yeah. Uh, he talked about in interviews about how hard that situation was, but he also talks about like they gave him twenty five million dollars for yeah. breaking the contract. Yeah. He's like, no, really, guys, I- I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was fine. The disappointment of losing the Tonight Show was there. I do love everything that came out of it, though. Like, that's where you kind of get to discover his weird relationship with his assistant Sona, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, I love big, all that." Big brother, little sister. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Like she came back from being pregnant, and the first thing, like she's talking with like a sandwich in her hand, and he just slapped it out of her hand. <laughs> He's like, "You oh, it was a cookie," and she's like, "You knew I wanted that cookie." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> But their weird brother sister relationship is like that. So, uh, I he's is he going to HBO? Apparently, yeah, he's going to do something with HBO. It's still in development. Okay, I know he's doing that podcast. Yeah, um, I've listened to a few episodes, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I will say though, like one thing people need to remember with Lucia Ball is that, like a lot of other comedians, she was very hard on herself, and I think struggled a lot with mental health. And that's such a reoccurring theme with comedians. If there's a comedian out there that is like, yeah, I really haven't struggled with depression in my life. I would be amazed by them because it's just a reoccurring theme of needing to make people laugh to feel complete. Mm -hmm. And I don't know all of Lucille Ball's uh, biography and where that kind of comes from. I just feel like it's so sad. This person who is so talented Mm -hmm. needed the audience so bad and the audience members oftentimes don't realize how performers need that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a sad existence sometimes to see. Well, that's why she performed in front of a live audience and Desi Arnaz called that out. She performs better when she's in front of a crowd and you can see her, uh, when you watch an episode, you can see her comedic timing uh, and she's waiting for the crowd and hits it right on the mark, and it's just her genius. I think with her, it was also, it, it didn't need to be a punchline. Nope. Mm-mm. It would be the feeding off the energy. She was the kind of person that could do, like, pull a face, get the laugh, continue that on, let it die off, and then, oh, bring it right back, and then they, she's going to get that laugh again. And then understanding that ebb and flow and timing is so brilliant with her. And not to mention Desi Arnaz, who had... Uh, the straight man down. He did. He <clears throat> was like the Jason Bateman of that show. He's he really was. And Vivian Vance, I don't think gets enough credit either. Uh, Ethel, mm-hmm. uh, she, I mean, could stand almost toe to toe with Lucy, which is kind of a feat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just she was an accomplished stand up, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was. Um, and of course, that show exploded her career and yeah. Lucy's career. Um, what's fascinating is kind of Des, her, uh, Lucy and Desi Arnaz's relationship after they got divorced because she did the uh, Lucy show, which was kind of like I Love Lucy, but with only Ethel and Lucy. Yeah, 
It was weird. Not as funny, but Desi Arnaz produced it. I mean, it was still like there and was still the president of Desi Lu Productions. And mm. um, they got divorced, but we're still cordial. Uh, I or at least had a working relationship. So it's fascinating if you watch this documentary and sad because it, it shows interviews with her kids um, because her kids are still alive. Um, and one of the last days of Desi Arnaz. Uh, the daughter, I can't remember her name, was like called Lucy and was like, he's not going to live too much longer. Do you want to talk to him? And it was very much, I love you. I've always loved you. And then like the next day he passes away. Mm. Yeah, one of those stories. Like they always loved each other but couldn't figure it out. Um, and the documentary on Amazon sounds like a plug. Like we're being sponsored by them. But I it, wish. Right? Oh. Uh, makes a point about they were estranged, but they still deeply loved each other and still had that compassion towards each other. Um, and he was always like the producer of all of her shows that she ever did. Yeah. Uh, you, you you can't do that if you have like a, a hate relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm. their story's weird and fascinating, and I'm sure there's a lot of mental health things going on there. And uh, they both got remarried. Uh, to different people, obviously. So the whole story, I would recommend watching it because it's it's fascinating to see her career and then her, what happens later in her life and how all these uh, female comedians are praising her uh, and you know attributing their career to Lucy. Uh, She's a trailblazer, man. I mean, really was. There's, I. I know it seems like it's a cliche and some people roll their eyes whenever like anyone talks about female empowerment, but she is a shining example of that because the comedy world is very much a boys club. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and of, it still is. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And it frustrated me doing improv, seeing people. One of the most uh, important people in the history of improv is a guy named Del Close. Del Close influenced you know, Chris Farley, Bill Murray. Um, you can name so many of those early SNL folks. Del Close influenced them. And one of, he was attributed to saying women aren't funny. He'd say that all the time. Women aren't funny. They can't be funny. They don't have that ability. They have to look pretty or they have to do it. It's like, that was ridiculous. You had Lucille Ball as that example. And Tina Fey kind of came up in that time when he was around, same with uh, Amy Poehler, mm-hmm. and they would kind of go, ugh, whatever. But they got through that and have very different comedic styles while going through a system that said women aren't funny. You had Amy Poehler, who I think is a lot like Lucille Ball, mm-hmm. who can do the physical comedy so well. Mm-hmm. And there's Tina Fey, who's the ultimate writer's com- uh, comedic, where she's so acerbic with her wit. And I love that about both of them, is how they're so different. Neither one of them stuck inside a box that said, oh, you just have to be pretty. They are attractive women, but they're not focused on that with what they do with their comedy. It's so disarming in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I do believe still there's still things out there that I'm sure women are having to overcome that I don't know about. I left Chicago around the time a lot of the calling out was happening, like with Harvey Weinstein and a lot of improv theaters had to shut down because of all of the shit that was being put out there. So it's kind of it is such a boys club to see. And I do attribute Lucille Ball as being a genesis for women in comedy. 
I mean, there was, I'm trying to think, um, uh, what's her face? Um, Joan uh, Rivers. Yep. Not the biggest fan of her, but she definitely was a trailblazer in her own way. Um, she did Second City, actually, and performed with Del Close and used to try to make him look stupid all the time <laughs> <laughs> because she just like, you're a dick, so I'm going to just deny you all the time, which you don't want to do in improv. Um, but yeah, you got to give so much credit to Lucy. Got to. I think she discovered Joan Rivers, if oh, I'm did not she? mistaken. I could believe it. I mean, hey, I mean, well, so Joan Rivers, I know, did it was like the second review done at Second City. It was very early on. And a lot of people said she's so funny, terrible improviser, because you would say like uh, you'd be in a scene with her and, and you would say, but Joan, think about our children. So we've established we have children. Okay, I say that. And she would just say, well, we don't have children. It's like, oh, cool. Why am I here? But she would do a lot of that apparently to Del Close, which was probably due to him saying things like women aren't funny. They have to be pretty. And Joan Rivers, and you look at early pictures of her, very pretty woman. So I'm sure he probably said all kinds of awful sexist things to her. And so she might have just been denying him to be like, eh, go fuck yourself. Uh, Yeah. Anything out there about her saying uh, Lucy discovering Joan Rivers? Uh, I'm I'm looking that up. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it kind of just tells her influence. Um, uh, apparently, Oprah. She discovered Oprah was discovered well, not by her? discovered, but her legacy. The like Lucy was the first female producer. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was gonna say, do I have to blame Lucy for Oprah or no? no. <laughs> Uh, Carol Burnett, Burnett. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yep. yep. Uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Um, uh, I'm still looking. I'm doing this on the fly, and I mean, no, it's all good. It's all good. I I know, like, pretty much any woman of that era of TV, of 50s, 60s, 70s, would probably say Lucy inspired me in some way, shape, yeah. or form. How could you not be inspired? Right. Uh, the top ones are Mary Tyler Moore, Carol Burnett, Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think those are the ones that have been really outspoken about Lucy. Um, I mean, Amy Poehler did do this documentary I keep talking about. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. My wife and I have been watching a fair amount of Friends recently. Whenever I watch Lisa Kudrow on there as Phoebe, which... I think Phoebe is the best character on Friends. Not that I'm a huge Friends fan, but mm -hmm. the Phoebe character is brilliant. And I kind of every now and then see a little bit of that biting humor that um, maybe Vivian Vance had um, as Ethel from uh, uh, from the Phoebe character. And I absolutely love it. I We watch it. And anytime the Phoebe character's out there, I'm like, oh, I love this. There's a, a great part where Ross is excited to learn the bagpipes to play for Chandler and Monica's wedding. And everyone's like, no, please don't do that. He's like, no, it's great. Let me play for you. And he plays for them. And, you know, the bagpipe sound is not lovely no. at all. And you can hear it from forever away. Like, it does not matter. They're in the apartment. And he's playing. And it's making that sound that you hear. And Phoebe's like encouraging, like, this is great. This is great. And she's making the sound with it going, meh, <laughs> And you just see Jennifer Aniston in the background just losing it at someone trying to mimic bagpipe sounds <laughs> with a bagpipe playing three feet in front of them, but thinking it's great. Fantastic. 
Um, I'm coming up kind of blank on this. Uh, so yeah, watch the documentary. I, I highly encourage it. It talks a lot about her legacy and, uh, just her career and her early career and kind of their marriage and kind of her influence on the world. Uh, cause she really kind of was this beacon of, uh, for women and especially in comedy. Um, and I, I, she was just a, such a trailblazer for so many things in TV legacy and even having the big, uh, uh, oh God, like Paramount studio, uh, and discovering like Star Trek and those kind of things. Like so much could be attributed to Lucy. And I thought that would be a good topic to talk about. Fact. It was a great topic. Can you still watch? I love Lucy. Is it on Amazon? I'm guessing. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. No. I'll bet Nickelodeon still plays that, or some some network has to play that. TV Land, I'll bet plays it late at night. TV Land, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, do it. I did read something. Uh, where is it? Um, uh, as of 2011, so this is dated. Episodes of the show have been syndicated in dozens of languages across the world and remain popular with American audience of 40 million each year. Wow! Wow! As of 2011, so that was you but know still. Yeah, 40 million people. Like, still watching it. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, a colorized version of the Christmas episode attracted more than 8 million viewers when CBS aired it in primetime in 2013. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So the show still has a legacy, and I'm sure you can still watch it somewhere. Um, I'm sure you can get the whole box set for 50 bucks on Amazon. Probably. <laughs> uh, all 180 episodes. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. I, were they a half hour, hour? I don't remember. I half, hour. half hour, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was so confused growing up and then running into like TV shows that were an hour long. I was like, wow, this takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of amazing. Like Star Trek only had like, what, three se- seasons? Uh, the original one, yeah. It didn't have very much, but what made it blow up as movies mm-hmm. yeah. only like 50 episodes i think uh, about i think i i was more of a next gen guy uh jean-luc picard is always going to be my captain mm-hmm. so engage mm-hmm. i agree mm-hmm. make it so make it so uh yeah because the og star trek is terrible bad it's uh, real bad it's not the best for sure but at the same time i mean they didn't have the technology to no. be able to do everything that they can do now even on like a television show um also they probably didn't have the best like they didn't have the best costumes they they you have to have a big budget with something like that or it's going to be hokey and it's hokey very hokey mm-hmm. i mean the klingons were white people in blackface oh yeah yeah oh yeah wow. and the fight sequences were hysterical i mean it was good comedy <laughs> that's all i'll say you have to watch that as a comedy piece, yeah. not science fiction, I think, anyway. Yeah, just they, it hadn't caught up for the time for what was needed. You needed a bigger budget, and TV just didn't have it at that point. No. And it was, you know, the 50s or 60s, right? Yeah. Mm, 60s. 60s to 70s yeah. when Star Trek Yeah, that first started. Uh, first crew. Mm-hmm. Well, because it had that ridiculous cartoon that happened after the original series. I've never seen that, actually, yeah. at all. Well, it's that style of uh, animation that I can't remember. Like Hanna-Barbera? I think so. Okay. I uh, vaguely remember, because I think I remember, like, obviously, Scooby-Doo met everybody, mm-hmm. and so there was a Scooby-Doo mashup yep. where they were on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they had, like, this uh, 
Paramount had obviously Star Trek and they're kind of milking it. And then of course, 1977 was Star Wars mm-hmm. and then it kind of brought sci-fi back and then Paramount was like, Hey, Hey, hey we had this thing. <laughs> we have this thing. And then they made a garbage movie. Garbage. That first yeah. movie is bad. I think what the only thing, the only reason I could ever be a fan of Star Trek is because next gen was so good. And I was young and brought up in a in a very different family, I will say. We were actually allowed to watch the Cosby show too, I remember. Mm-hmm. And everything we were allowed to watch at that point had to do with like coexistence. So I blame any liberal idea I have on my very conservative parents for letting me watch the Cosby show, which of course is bad now, which feels weird. Uh and and that st- and Next Gen, which is all about coexistence between these different mm-hmm. species mm-hmm. at that point. So I love that. I love the next gen for that. Thank you, Lucia Ball. Yeah. She created Star Trek. That she didn't create Star Trek. She, she created she, she is brought in to television. <laughs> Give Gene Roddenberry his due. Right. Yes, absolutely. Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek. Thank you. That's true. Star Wars is better though. I agree. There's just a, I mean, I will say the bar is getting closer with the the amount of bad stuff that Star Wars has put out. That's a good point. This is true. Solid solid. I don't know. Observation. Those original movies are awful. The original Star Wars or Star Trek movies? Yeah. Uh, I disagree. I think the first one, they were finding their footing. And then after that, I think they got a little better until like five where you're like, you didn't need to do that one. Uh, well, two was Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. which was probably the best. Yeah, uh, it is. It's the best story for sure. The third one is uh, Spock. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that? Return, Return of Spock. Spock. Yeah. Uh, which was, I liked it. Like he personally. died, and then like somehow he's alive, but he yeah. like basically ignores. It was weird. Yeah, yeah, because they like terraform that planet, mm-hmm. and it ends up Spock is. It's messy, back. but <laughs> I think everyone wanted the catharsis of Spock being back, and so Christopher weird. Lloyd being the head Klingon. That was weird, but yeah. I like Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. So weird, Lloyd is always fun. Seeing him in person is very weird. Is it? I saw him at this. Uh, restaurant i used to always go to after uh, shows at or classes at second city and he was doing a play at steppenwolf and i walk in and i see him and he was like arguing with the waitress or something and i'm oh, like good well that's weird i guess they fucked up his turkey burger or something <laughs> i don't know but it, just seeing him we were all we all kind of walked by and we all did a, a look of like doc and then we just kept walking <laughs> to our table <laughs> and sat down i'm sure he was like all right second city students get out of here i'm a real actor <laughs> Uh, the fourth one was the whales. That's my mother's favorite. It's I think it's a very good movie, actually. Not like probably from a technical sense. Visually, it's really good, and I think it's got a nice story as well. A nuclear vessels. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's <laughs> about like the ecosystem falling apart, and they yeah. want to try to bring it back. They think whales will do the trick. Well, I think there's more to it than that, but wasn't that the one about whatever that satellite was that we sent like? Dude. No, that was the first one. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, Voyager. Oh yeah, Voyager. Yeah, become sitting it and yeah, a god. And yeah, yeah. Like it was messy. That first one's messy. Yes. So well, and the fourth one was the whale. So apparently, sometime in the future, we killed all the whales. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then some alien species like talked to the whales and yeah. was coming to like kill the earth because there's no because there were no more whales to talk to you yeah and And so so we had had to go hijack some whales yeah and our ecosystem was falling apart 
So I think it, I think it's it's got a good <laughs> message. Is it a classic? Is it up there like with uh, Return of the Jedi? Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> it's not that good, but I still think it's a pretty good movie overall. Is it up there in the pantheon of great films of all time? No. It's it's almost like the equivalent of Rocky Four. If you watch Rocky Four, the amount of power punches that lands in that fight with Drago is unsustainable. Yes. Both men would have died multiple times over. Well, Apollo did. That is yes, but I'm talking about the fight with Rocky <laughs> himself. Know. Neither uh-huh. guy is defending. They're just throwing haymakers left and right and, and and smacking each other. But they somehow live, and it brings Russia and America together for some weird reason. Well, Rocky defeated the Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. Of he course, yes. brought down. He, he brought down the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. Yes, we. Uh, he he destroyed the wall, the Berlin Wall, with with a with his fists and his freaking <laughs> head made of pure animantium or yes. something. Just, oh, Adrian, lead, Adrian. With, lead with your head. <laughs> yeah, don't block. Just take the block the punches well, with your head. Well, that's why we don't speak about Rocky Five. Uh, I don't think even like the Rocky Six that they did. I didn't think was any good. Creed was good. Rocky Six was when he was in his sixties and yep. came back. Rocky yeah. Five, he's like, he's fighting some nobody and he's broke, and he uh, is like mentally not there. Like no, uh, and then it's also a real bad. It's movie. all it's a really bad movie, and even the guy that plays like the villain, it's a very sad story with him. Uh, Tommy Morrison, I believe, is the fighter. He was like uh, he was a heavyweight contender for a while. Uh, was sort of running off the rails even at the time of filming. Mm-hmm. They filmed that, and then literally like a year later, he ended up, he was doing like a bunch of drugs, used shared a needle with someone and got AIDS. Mm. And then shortly passed away, not long after that, because he didn't have the money to be able to afford the medication. This was in the ni- early 90s, I believe. Yeah. So he didn't have the money like a Magic Johnson to be able to get the medication and, and early stuff that was needed, and sadly passed away. So Rocky Five. We should all ignore. Yes. Just pretend like it didn't exist because it's just sad all the way around. Yeah. One, two, and three, classics. Four is the most fun, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I like four. But a lot of logical leaps where I'm just like, how can you take that uppercut after you took 18 other straight shots to the face? He killed your buddy, who was probably a better boxer, but whatever. Well, he's like punching at like a thousand pounds or something impossible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, All right. With the uh, the horse tranquilizer, horse steroids that they put them on in the Soviet Union, could almost believe it. <laughs> could almost believe it with those psychopaths. Didn't they come out with a recut of that movie? Oh, I don't know. I'm Just recently? I believe Like it. he recut it and made it longer or something? Here's a question for you. Uh. Do you think the new Star Trek movies are better than the new Star Wars movies? Ooh. I think they are. Uh, I really like that first new Star mm-hmm. Trek movie. Is it better than The Force Awakens? I don't know. I think they're kind of on par. What hurts The Force Awakens is The Last Jedi and uh, whatever that third movie is. I mm. feel like... Yeah, I can see that. They're about on par with each other. I would put the Star Trek one slightly ahead, just slightly. But then after that, the Star Wars movies might have had more of a declined than the Star Trek movies, where I felt like it kept its grace decently for the two and three. Two was not good. I thought it was all right. Uh, The third one was pretty good. Uh, I didn't care for the second one. Hmm. That was all right. Uh, mm. We can agree to disagree. RoboCop and uh, Sherlock Holmes. If you ever 
dis RoboCop again. Your citizenship is going. No, I'm kidding. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that man tagged with Sting. Of RoboCop is great. Why are my feet? I'm sorry. I put my f- shoes on your couch. I it's fine. It's a pod couch. It sits in my dank basement. It's fine. True. I love RoboCop. Anyways, movie, comedy, stuff. Watch the documentary, uh, please. Yep. It's good. Uh, watch episodes of I Love Lucy if you've never watched one. Because why not? Yeah, if you've never watched one, go watch that chocolate conveyor belt skit. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Classic. Brilliant. And the one that you were talking about. Vitamin was, Benjamin. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Brilliant, too. Brilliant, brilliant actress. Uh, comedian. Uh, beautiful, too. She's innovator. Innovator. Yeah. Uh, all the awesome things. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Good times. Mm-hmm. That was my childhood of watching I Love Lucy when I was, you know, 10. Same. Yep. Yeah. It's all good. Yep. Any- we're signing off? Yeah, we're signing off. Anything else? Final thoughts? A uh, little bit of my childhood. Passed away uh, this past week. Rest in peace to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Scott Hall. You were not the best person, but you really did show that good times. Oh, is it? Uh, bad bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And I think he definitely, uh, with the third act of his life, did a lot of good. So rest yeah. in peace to the bad guy. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Curtis? Nope, I got nothing. Mm. Uh, I was interesting today. I get it. I didn't come up with any fun facts for you. That that one's on me. That one's on me. I'm going to own that. And I'll do better next time. I believe him. I don't. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Lies. Uh, I don't have anything. Watch the documentary shows. I love Lucy. Or watch uh, WrestleMania 10, Scott Hall versus Shawn Michaels in an amazing ladder match. That's, uh, that's a, good a good little one, one too. Or watch the whole uh, them going over to WCW. Yeah, there's some. That, the, the first couple of Nitros when Scott Hall shows yeah. up is just, oh, amazing. Chef's kiss of uh, creative and professional wrestling. Yeah, to the point where he almost got sued. Oh, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> he did get sued. Did they? Yeah, they got sued because both him and Nash were doing their characters because by the way scott hall great wrestler uh in wwe he was playing a knockoff of scarface so he's pretending to be cuban man's not cuban so then he goes over to wcw and he starts saying chico you know like mm, no, hey, hey yo hey yo <laughs> you can't quite do the cuban accent anymore mr hall so yes. he had to change that same with nash i mean that was uh we're gonna get into this long conversation about the WCW that kind of saved that company was Scott Hall and Nash coming over. And it it put it on a course. It it did some good and a lot of bad. We can go into the economics of that some other time. Yeah, that's a different history show, I'm sure. Yeah, the rise and fall of WCW coming to you soon on the BS show. Uh, there's already a book on that, but yeah, you could listen to us two talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cliff note that book and. <laughs> And Curtis will be clueless. It's fine. I think you'll. I'll have absolutely things. no idea what's going oh, on. Oh, you'll follow along. It's easy. Maybe. Downfall of a corporation. Easy to follow. I, like these names you've been saying, I'd heard them before. See, you'd be fine. You get it. But have no idea who these people actually are. Good thing you know. You have a couple friends who know a lot about it. <laughs> it's true because we lived it mm-hmm. quite literally. Uh, Peacock. You can watch all the WWE, WCW stuff. Yep. Yeah. I'll get right on it. Or YouTube. Or Daily Motion. Or don't. 
or don't. Just do whatever you want, man. <laughs> Go but watch some more How I Met Your Father. Or watch. No, no we uh, watched all of it. There's one season. We <laughs> <laughs> watched all of it. <laughs> there was like 10 episodes. Oh, that's nine more than I would watch. <laughs> yeah, I would walk upstairs and he's watching. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. walk away. <laughs> Make that sound. It was a boring day. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Anyways, this is the BS show. Obviously, we BS a lot. Uh, love you. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Okay, Bye.